Act Two of The Dream by Joanna Bailey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One A burying vault, almost totally dark, the monuments and gravestones being seen very dimly by the light of a single torch, stuck by the side of a deep open grave in which a sexton is discovered standing leaning on his mattock and morant above ground turning up with his sheathed sword the loose earth about the mouth of the grave there is neither skull nor bone amongst this earth the ground must have been newly broken up when that coffin was let down into it so one should think but the earth here has the quality of consuming whatever is put into it in a marvellous short time ay the flesh and more consumable parts of a body but hath it grinders in its jaws like your carnivorous animal to cranch up bones and all i have seen bones on an old field of battle some hundred years after the action lying whitened and hard in the sun well ain't be new ground i warrant ye somebody has paid money enough for such a good tenement as this i could not wish my own father a better Morant, looking down the coffin is of an uncommon size there must be a leaden one within it i should think i doubt that it is only a clumsy shell that has been put together in haste and i'll be hanged if he who made it ever made another before it now it would pine me with vexation to think i should be laid in such a bungled piece of workmanship as this Ay, it is well for those who shall bury thee sexton that thou wilt not be a looker-on at thine own funeral put together in haste sayest thou how long may it be since this coffin was laid in the ground by my fay now i cannot tell though many a grave i have dug in this vault instead of the lay brothers who are mighty apt to take a colic or shortness of breath or the like when anything of hard labour falls to their share after pausing ha huh. now i have it when i went over the mountains some ten years ago to visit my father-in-law baldwick the stranger who died the other day after living so long as a hermit amongst the rocks came here and it was shrewdly suspected he had leave from our late prior for a good sum of money to bury a body privately in this vault i was a fool not to think of it before this i'll be sworn for it is the place enter the prior ostalu jerome paul benedict and other monks with the peasant carrying light before them they enter by an arched door at the bottom of the stage and walk on to the front when every one but ostalu crowds eagerly to the grave looking down into it prior to sexton what hast thou found friend a coffin ain't please you and of a size too that might almost contain a giant the inscription, the inscription. is there an inscription on it no no they who put these planks together had no time for inscriptions break it open break it open break it open break it open they crowd more eagerly about the grave when after a pause the sexton is heard wrenching open the lid of the coffin what is there what in is it? there what in it? it 
what hast thou found sexton an entire skeleton and of no common size is it entire sexton after a pause no the right hand is wanting and there is not a loose bone in the coffin ostalu shudders and steps back jerome to prior after a pause will you not speak to him father his countenance is changed and his whole frame seems moved by some sudden convulsion the prior remains silent how is this you are also changed reverend father shall i speak to him speak thou to him jerome to ostalu what is the matter with you general has some sudden malady seized you ostalu to jerome let me be alone with you holy prior let me be alone with you instantly jerome pointing this is the prior he would be alone with you father he would make his confession to you i dare not hear him alone there must be witnesses let him come with me to my apartment jerome to ostalu as they leave the grave let me conduct you count after walking from it some paces come on my lord why do you stop short not this way not this way i pray you what is it you would avoid turn aside i pray you i cannot cross over this is it the grave you mean we have left it behind us is it not there it yawns across our path directly before us indeed my lord it is some paces behind there is delusion in my sight then lead me as thou wilt exeunt scene two the private apartment of the prior enter benedict looking round as he enters not yet come ay penitence is not very swift of foot speaking to himself as he walks up and down miserable man brave goodly creature but alas alas most subdued most miserable and i fear most guilty enter jerome jerome here dost thou know brother that the prior is coming here immediately to confess the penitent yes brother but i am no intruder for he has summoned me to attend the confession as well as thyself methinks some other person of our order unconcerned with the dreaming part of this business would have been a less suspicious witness suspicious am i more concerned in this than any other member of our community heaven appoints its own agents as it listeth the stones of these walls might have declared its awful will as well as the dreams of a poor friar true brother jerome could they listen to confessions as he does and hold reveries upon them afterwards what dost thou mean with thy reveries and confessions did not paul see the terrible visions as well as i if thou hadst not revealed thy dream to him he would have slept sound enough or at worst have but flown over the pinnacles with his old mate the horned serpent as usual and had the hermit baldwick never made his deathbed confession to thee thou wouldst never have had such a dream to reveal thinkest thou so then what brought ostalo and his troop so unexpectedly by this route with all thy heretical dislike to miraculous interposition how wilt thou account for this 
if thou hadst no secret intelligence of Osterloo's route to set thy fancy a workin on the story the hermit confessed to thee, I never wore cowl on my head. Those indeed who hear thee speak so lightly of mysterious and holy things will scarcely believe thou ever didst. But hush, the prior comes with his penitent. Let us have no altercation now. Enter Prior and Osterloo. Prior, after a pause, in which he seems agitated. Now, Count Osterloo, we are ready to hear your confession. To myself and these pious monks, men appointed by our holy religion to search into the crimes of the penitent, unburthen your heart of its terrible secret, and God grant you afterwards, if it be his righteous will, repentance and mercy. Osterloo, making a sign as if unable to speak, then uttering rapidly, Presently, presently. Don't hurry him, reverend father, he cannot speak. Take breath a while, noble Osterloo, and speak to us when you can. <sighs> I thank you. He is much agitated. To Osterloo, Lean upon me, my lord. Prior to Benedict, Nay, you exceed in this. To Osterloo, Recollect yourself, General, and try to be more composed. You seem better now. Endeavor to unburden your mind of its fatal secret. To have it laboring within your breast is protracting a state of misery. I have voice now. Jerome to Osterloo. Given to heaven, then, as you ought. Hush, Brother Jerome. No exhortations now. Let him speak it as he can. To Osterloo. We attend you most anxiously. Osterloo, after struggling for utterance. I slew him. The man whose bones have now been discovered. The same. I slew him. In the field, Count? No, no. Many a man's blood has been on my hands there. This is on my heart. It is then premeditated murder you have committed call it so call it so jerome to osterloo after a pause and is this all will you not proceed to tell us the circumstances attending it no oh, they were terrible but they are all in my mind as the indistinct horrors of a frenzied imagination after a short pause i did it in a narrow pass on St. Gotthard, in the stormy twilight of a winter day. You murdered him there? I felt him dead under my grasp. But I looked at him no more after the last desperate thrust that I gave him. I hurried to a distance from the spot, when a servant who was with me, seized with a sudden remorse, begged leave to return and remove the body that if possible he might bury it in consecrated ground as an atonement for the part he had taken in the terrible deed i gave him leave with means to procure his desire i waited for him three days concealed in the mountains but i neither saw him nor heard of him again but what tempted a brave man like osterloo to commit such a horrible act 
the torments of jealousy stung me to it hiding his face with his hands and then uncovering it I loved her and was beloved he came a noble stranger ay if he was in his mortal state as i in my dream beheld him he was indeed most noble Osterloo waving his hand impatiently well well he did come then and she loved me no more with arts and enchantments he besotted her even from her own lips i received tossing up his arms violently and then covering his face as before but what is all this to you maimed as he was having lost his right arm in a battle with the turks i could not defy him to the field after passing two nights in all the tossing agony of a damned spirit i followed him on his journey across the mountains on the twilight of the second day i laid wait for him in a narrow pass and as soon as his gigantic form darkened the path before me i have told you all you have not told his name did i not say montera he was a noble hungarian he was so he was so he was noble and beloved jerome aside to prior what is the matter with you reverend father was he your friend prior aside to jerome speak not to me now but question the murderer as ye will benedict overhearing the prior he is indeed a murderer reverend father but he is our penitent go to what are names ask him what questions you will and finish the confession quickly benedict to osterloo but have you never till now confessed this crime nor in the course of so many years reflected on its dreadful turpitude the active and adventurous life of a soldier is most adverse to reflection but often in the stillness of midnight the remembrance of this terrible deed has come powerfully upon me till morning returned and the noise of the camp began and the fortunes of the day were before me thou hast indeed been too long permitted to remain in this hardened state but heaven sooner or later will visit the man of blood with its terrors sooner or later he shall feel that he stands upon an awful brink and short is the step which engulfs him in that world where the murdered and the murderer meet again in the tremendous presence of him who is the lord and giver of life you believe then in such severe retribution i believe in it as in my own existence Osterloo, turning to jerome and benedict and you good fathers you believe in this nature teaches this as well as revelation we must believe it some presumptuous minds dazzled with the sunshine of prosperity have dared to doubt but to us in the sober shade of life visited too as we have now been by visions preternatural and awful it is a thing of certainty rather than of faith that such things are it makes the brain confused and giddy 
these are tremendous thoughts leans his back against the wall and gazes fixedly on the ground let us leave him to the bitterness of his thoughts we now must deliberate with the brethren on what is to be done there must be no delay the night advances fast conduct him to another apartment i must assemble a council of the whole order jerome to Osterloo. we must lead you to another apartment count while we consider what is to be done Osterloo, roused ay the expiation you mean let it be severe the atonement in this world may be made turning to prior as jerome leads him off let your expiation be severe holy father a slight penance matches not with such a crime as mine be well assured it shall be what it ought Ostalu, turning again and catching hold of the prior's robe i regard not bodily pain in battle once with the head of a broken arrow in my thigh i led on the charge and sustained all the exertions of a well-fought field till night closed upon our victory let your penance be severe my reverend father i have been long acquainted with pain exeunt Osterloo and jerome you seem greatly moved father but it is not with pity for the wretched you would not destroy such a man as this though his crime is the crime of blood he shall die ere another sun dawn on these walls he shall die oh say not so think of some other expiation i would think of another were there any other more dreadful to him than death he is your penitent he is the murderer of my brother then heaven have mercy on him if he must find none here montero was your brother my only brother it were tedious to tell thee now how i was separated from him after the happy days of our youth i saw him no more yet he was still the dearest object of my thoughts after escaping death in many a battle he was slain as it was conjectured by banditti in travelling across the mountains his body was never discovered ah little did i think it was lying so near me it is indeed piteous and you must needs feel it as a brother but consider the danger we run should we lay violent hands on an imperial general with his enraged soldiers within a few hours march of our walls i can think of nothing but revenge speak to me no more i must assemble the whole order immediately exeunt scene three another apartment enter Osterloo as from a small recess at the bottom of the stage pacing backwards and forwards several times in an agitated manner then advancing slowly to the front where he stands musing and muttering to himself for some moments before he speaks aloud that this smothered horror should burst upon me at last and there be really such things as the dark and fancy images to itself when the busy day is stilled an unseen world surrounds us spirits and powers and the invisible dead hover near us but we in unconscious security i have slept upon a fearful brink 
every sword that threatened my head in battle had power in its edge to send me to a terrible account i have slept upon a fearful brink am i truly awake rubbing his eyes then grasping several parts of his body first with one hand and then with the other yes yes it is so i am keenly and terribly awake paces rapidly up and down and then stopping short can there be virtue and penances suffered by the body to do away offences of the soul if there be oh if there be let them run on my body with stripes and swathe me round in one continued girth of wounds anything that can be endured here is mercy compared to the dreadful abiding of what may be hereafter enter wovelraid behind followed by soldiers who range themselves at the bottom of the stage ostaloo turning round runs up to him eagerly ha my dear albert return to me again with all my noble fellows at thy back pardon me i mistook you for one of my captains i am the prior's captain and those men too they are the prior's soldiers who have been ordered from distant quarters to repair to the monastery immediately in such haste ay in truth we received our orders after sunset and have marched two good leagues since what may this mean faith i know not my duty is to obey the prior and pray to our good saint and whether i am commanded to surprise the stronghold of an enemy or protect an execution it is the same thing to me an execution can aught of this nature be intended you turn pale sir wearing the garb of a soldier you have surely seen blood ere now i have seen too much blood enter prior jerome paul and monks walking in order the prior holding a paper in his hand prior with solemnity count osterloo lieutenant-general of our liege lord the emperor authorized by this deed which is subscribed by all the brethren of our holy order here present i pronounce to you our solemn decision that the crime of murder as by the mysterious voice of heaven and your own confession your crime is proved to be can only be expiated by death you are therefore warned to prepare yourself to die this night before daybreak you must be within the inhabitants of another world where may the great maker of us all deal with you in mercy ostalus staggers back from the spot where he stood and remains silent it is a sentence count pronounced against you from necessity to save the lives of our whole community which you yourself have promised to submit to have you anything to say in reply to it nothing my thoughts are gone from me in the darkness of astonishment we are compelled to be thus hasty and severe ere daybreak you must die ere daybreak not even the light of another sun to one so ill prepared for the awful and tremendous state into which you would thrust him this is inhuman it is horrible he was ill prepared for it who with still shorter warning was thrust into that awful state in the narrow pass of st gothard 
the guilt of murder was not on his soul nay nay holy prior consider this horrible extremity let the pain of the executioner's stroke be twentyfold upon me but thrust me not forth to that state from which my soul recoils with unutterable horror never but once to save the life of a friend did i bend the knee to mortal man in humble supplication i am a soldier in many battles i have bled for the service of my country i am a noble soldier and i was a proud one yet do i thus contemn me not my extremity my knees on the ground urge me no further it must not be no respite can be granted ostalu starting up furiously from the ground and drawing his sword then subdue as you may stern priest the strength of a desperate man wolverweight and soldiers rush forward getting behind him and surrounding him on every side and after a violent struggle disarm him what a noble fellow this would be to defend a narrow breach though he shrinks with such abhorrence from a scaffold it is a piteous thing to see him so beset prior to wolverade what sayest thou fool nay it is no business of mine my lord i confess shall we conduct him to the prison chamber do so and see that he retain no concealed arms about him i obey my lord everything shall be made secure exit ostalu guarded by wolverade and soldiers and at the same time enter benedict by the opposite side who stands looking after him piteously prior sternly to benedict what brings thee here dost thou repent having refused to concur with us in an act that preserves the community say rather reverend father an act that revenges your brother's death which the laws of the empire should revenge a supernatural visitation of heaven hath commanded us to punish it what dost thou shake thy head thou art of a doubting and dangerous spirit and beware lest sooner or later the tempter do not lure thee into heresy if reason cannot subdue thee authority shall return again to thy cell let me hear of this no more i will reverend father but for the love of our holy saint bethink you ere it be too late that though we may be saved from the pestilence by this bloody sacrifice what will rescue our throats from the swords of Austerloo's soldiers when they shall return as they have threatened to demand from us their general give thyself no concern about this my own bands are already called in and a messenger has been dispatched to the abbess matilda her troops in defence of the church will face the best soldiers of the empire but why lose we time in unprofitable contentions go my sons speaking to other monks the night advances fast and we have much to do ere morning knocking hurt without ha who knocks at this untimely hour can the soldiers be indeed returned upon us run to the gate but open it to none exeunt several monks in haste and presently re-enter with the lay brother please ye reverend father the marchioness has sent a messenger from the castle 
beseeching you to send a confessor immediately to confess one of her women, who was taken ill yesterday and is now at the point of death. I'm glad it is only this. What is the matter with the penitent? I know not, please you. The messenger only said she was taken ill yesterday. Prior, shaking his head. Ay, this malady has got there also. I cannot send one of the brothers to bring infection immediately amongst us. What is to be done? Leonora is a most noble lady, and the family have been great benefactors to our order. I must send somebody to her. But he must stop well his nostrils with spicery, and leave his upper garment behind him when he quits the infected apartment. Jerome, wilt thou go? Thou art the favorite confessor with all the women at the castle. Nay, father, I must attend on our prisoner here, who has most need of ghostly assistance. Prior to another monk. Go thou, Anselmo. Thou hast given comfort to many a dying penitent. I thank you, father, for the preference. But Paul is the best of us all for administering comfort to the dying, and there is a sickness come over my heart of a sudden that makes me unfit for the office. Prior to Paul. Thou wilt go then, my good son. I beseech you, don't send me, reverend father. I never escaped contagion in my life where malady or fever were to be had. Who will go then? A deep silence. What? Has no one faith enough in the protection of St. Maurice, even purchased, as it is about to be, by the shedding of human blood, to venture upon this dangerous duty? I will go then, father, though I am sometimes of a doubting spirit. Go, and St. Maurice protect thee. Exit Benedict. Let him go. It is well that we get rid of him for the night, should they happily detain him so long at the castle. He is a troublesome, close-searching, self-willed fellow. He hath no zeal for the order. Were a miser to bequeath his possessions to our monastery, he would assist the disappointed heir himself to find out a flaw in the deed. But retire to yourselves, my sons, and employ yourselves in prayer and devotion, till the great bell warn you to attend the execution. Exeunt Scene 3 An Apartment in the Castle Enter Leonora and Agnes, speaking as they enter. But she is asleep now, and is so much and so suddenly bitter, that the confessor, when he comes, will be dissatisfied, I fear, that we have called him from his cell at such an unreasonable hour. Let him come, nevertheless. Don't send to prevent him. He will be unwilling to be detained, for they are engaged in no common matters to-night at the monastery. Count Osterloo, as I told you before, is doing voluntary penance at the shrine of St. Maurice to stop the progress of this terrible malady. I remember thou didst. Ah, Marchioness, you would not say so thus faintly had you seen him march through the pass with his soldiers. He is the bravest and most graceful man, though somewhat advanced in years, that I ever beheld ah uh, had you but seen him i have seen him agnes and i spoke of him all the while yet you did not tell me this before ah my noble mistress and friend the complexion of your cheek is altered 
you have indeed seen him and you have not seen him with indifference think as thou wilt about this he was the friend and fellow-soldier of my lord when we first married though before my marriage i had never seen him friend your lord was then in the decline of life there must have been great disparity in their friendship they were friends however for the marquis liked society younger than himself and i who had been hurried into an unequal marriage before i could judge for myself was sometimes foolish enough to compare them together ay that was natural enough and what happened then what happened then drawing herself up proudly nothing happened then but subduing the foolish fancy of a girl which was afterwards amply repaid by the self-approbation and dignity of a woman pardon me madam i ought to have supposed all this but you have been long a widow and osterdu is still unmarried what prevented you when free i was ignorant what the real state of his sentiments had been in regard to me but had this been otherwise received as i was into the family of my lord the undowried daughter of a petty nobleman and left as i now am by his confiding love the sole guardian of his children and their fortunes <laughs> i could never think of supporting a second lord on the wealth entrusted to me by the first to the injury of his children as nothing therefore has ever happened in consequence of this weakness of my youth nothing ever shall this is noble it is right oh, but here comes the father confessor enter benedict you are welcome good father yet i am almost ashamed to see you for our sick person has become suddenly well again and is now in a deep sleep i fear i shall appear to you capricious and inconsiderate in calling you up at so late an hour be not uneasy lady upon this account i am glad to have an occasion for being absent from the monastery for some hours if you will permit me to remain here so long what mean you father benedict your countenance is solemn and sorrowful what is going on at the monastery he shakes his head oh, will they be severe with him in a voluntary penance submitted to for the good of the order what is the nature of the penance it is to continue i am told but one night it will indeed soon be over and will he be gone on the morrow his spirit will but his body remains with us for ever <gasps> death dost thou mean oh, horror horror is this the expiation oh most horrible most unjust indeed i consider it as such though guilty by his own confession of murder committed many years since under the frenzy of passion it belongs not to us to inflict the punishment of death upon a guilty soul taken so suddenly and unprepared for its doom murder didst thou say murder oh osterloo osterloo hast thou been so barbarous and art thou in this terrible state <laughs> must thou thus end thy days and so near me too 
you seem greatly moved noble leonora would you could do something more for him than lament leonora catching hold of him eagerly can i do anything speak father oh tell me how i will do anything and everything alas alas my vessels are but few and cannot be assembled immediately force were useless your vassals if they were assembled would not be persuaded to attack the sacred walls of a monastery i did indeed rave foolishly but what else can be done take these jewels and everything of value in the castle if they will bribe those who guard him to let him escape think of it oh think well of it good benedict i have heard that there is a secret passage leading from the prison chamber of the monastery under its walls and opening to the free country at the bottom of the rocks by every holy saint so there is and the most sordid of our brothers is entrusted with the key of it but who will be his conductor none but a monk of the order may pass the soldiers who guard him and the monk who should do it must fly from his country for ever and break his sacred vows i can oppose the weak fears and injustice of my brethren for the misfortunes and disgust of the world not superstitious veneration for monastic sanctity has covered my head with a cowl but this i cannot do there is the dress of a monk of your order in the old wardrobe of the castle if some person were disguised in it thanks to thee thanks to thee my happy agnes i will be that person i will put on the disguise good father your face gives consent to this if there be time but i left them preparing for the execution there is there is come with me to the wardrobe and we'll set out for the monastery forthwith come come a few moments will carry us there exit hastily followed by agnes and benedict scene four a wood near the castle the stage quite dark enter two servants with torches this must surely be the entry to the path where my lady ordered us to wait for those same monks yes i know it well for yonder is the postern it is the nearest path to the monastery but narrow and difficult the night is cold i hope they will not keep us long waiting i heard the sound of travellers coming up the eastern avenue and they may linger belike for monks are marvellously fond of great people and of strangers at least the good fathers of our monastery are ay in their late prior's time they lived like lords themselves and they are not very humble at present but there's light from the postern here they come enter benedict leonora disguised like a monk and agnes with a peasant's cloak thrown over her leonora speaking as she enters it is well thought of good benedict go thou before me to gain brother baldwin in the first place and i'll wait without on the spot we have agreed upon until i hear the signal thou comprehendest me completely brother so god speed us both to first servant torchman go thou with me this is the right path i trust fear not father i know it well exit benedict and first servant leonora to agnes while she waves her hand to second servant to retire to a greater distance after i am admitted to the monastery fail not to wait for me at the mouth of the secret passage fear not 
benedict has described it so minutely i cannot fail to discover it <gasps> what steps are those behind us somebody following us from the castle enter third servant in haste there are travellers arrived at the gate and desire to be admitted for the night in an evil hour they come return dear agnes and receive them benighted strangers no doubt excuse my absence anyhow go quickly and leave you to proceed alone care not for me there is an energy within me now that bids defiance to fear beckons to second servant who goes out before her with the torch and exit agnes muttering to herself as she turns to the castle the evil spirit hath brought travellers to us at this moment but i'll send them to their chambers right quickly and join her at the secret passage notwithstanding exeunt end of act two